0: Sixty-six million years ago, something terrible happened to the Earth. Ninety-nine point ninety-nine percent of all the species alive then, including the dinosaurs, disappeared. Today, our science contributor Scott Solomon, an associate teaching professor at Rice University, explains what happened and how the Brazos River provided the clue scientists needed to figure it out. It's Monday. January 10th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hey, Scott, thanks for being here. What is this story?
1: It's a little bit of a detective story, really. So, you know, we've known for a long time that dinosaurs went extinct about 66 million years ago. The fossils appear, they're there in the Mesozoic era, and then there's no more dinosaurs. And, you know, also about 80% of all other species that were alive at the time. Nobody knew why, what caused these dinosaurs to go extinct.
0: So what happened?
1: The first big clue came from Italy, actually, where a Walter Alvarez found this really interesting signature that this element called iridium, which is very rare on Earth, but common in space, was found in really high abundance right at 66 million years ago. And it turned out that that same spike in iridium could be found all over the world, in layers of rock that date to 66 million years ago. So that suggested an asteroid impact might have caused the extinction. So you would think that if something that massive hit the earth with enough impact to cause all dinosaurs to go extinct, it would leave a mark.
0: And somehow, the Brazos River, just south of Houston, has something to do with the extinction of the dinosaurs.
1: Right. You know, if you live in Houston, the Brazos River is one of the closest major rivers. It runs from central Texas down towards the coast and goes just south and west of Houston. Yeah, this is really an incredible story. So. The Brazos River, if you go canoeing there or fishing or you get down into the riverbanks, it's a big muddy river. There's this one spot between Waco and College Station, so a little to our northwest, where it's not muddy. It's actually got a rocky bottom. And that turns out to be a really important fact.
0: A clue. Who figured out what that meant?
1: There was a geologist named Thor Hansen at UT. I guess he was a paleontologist, and he found that that rocky spot in the Brazos River had fossils that are from the time of the dinosaurs and then also layers that are from after the time of the dinosaurs. In other words, that that spot dated to the time of the extinction of the dinosaurs. Ooh. Some other researchers, especially a woman who's a geologist at the University of Washington named Jodi Bourgeois, she figured out that there was evidence in those rocks that a tsunami had occurred there. And that the rocky bottom is actually the deposits left over. When that tsunami came tearing through, it was carrying all this sand and sediment from the seafloor. And it deposited all the sand in that spot. And then the really cool thing was that they could figure out which direction the tsunami traveled. It came from the Gulf of Mexico inland. And then you'll appreciate this part, Lisa. A reporter from the Houston Chronicle Wow. Yeah, a guy named Carlos Byers. He had been in on a meeting or something where some geologists from. Pemex, the state-run oil company from Mexico, had been doing some surveying out in the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of the Yucatan Peninsula. And they had spotted some weird anomalies that were buried underneath the settlement. But when they mapped these out, it actually formed a big ring with another smaller ring inside of it. It looked like a bullseye the buried remnants of a crater. It's a crater that is like, it's 112 miles across. I mean, it's a huge crater and you can't see it from the surface. It's all buried underground. But when they dated the layers there that formed that ring, guess what, it dates to 66 million years ago.
0: Which is when the dinosaurs died?
1: This was the bullseye. They found the crater and showed that there was an asteroid impact. It's got the iridium spike there and everything that you would expect. It's the dimensions that would have been necessary for an asteroid impact that wiped out the dinosaurs. And they think the tsunami that it caused, this area was a shallow ocean at the time, hits the shallow ocean, shoots debris up into the air. That's why you get this iridium spike all over the world. That debris traveled around the Earth's atmosphere and got deposited all over the place.
0: So we get this layer of rock all over the world that is actually made up of smashed up dust from that asteroid?
1: Exactly right, exactly. Just everything gets shot up into the air and it would have blocked out the light of the sun for at least weeks and months, if not years. This is part of what we think caused the extinction event is not just the impact itself, but the fact that plant life can't grow without sunlight. So that's going to shut down all the plants and that shuts down all the things that eat plants and all the things that eat the things that eat plants, etc. So it was the Brazos River that gave people the clue to look for something hidden in the Gulf of Mexico. And so you can actually go out there today and see this spot in the Brazos River, not far from Houston, where there's actually some rapids because it's going over a rocky bottom. It's the only place where the Brazos River is rocky and it's rocky because that was a tsunami.
0: Wait, when the asteroid smashed into the earth, it caused a tsunami, a giant tidal wave?
1: The tsunami was a hundred feet high at the time. It's just impossible for us to imagine. I mean, no human eyes have ever seen a tsunami that big. But that was the clue that helped people figure out that the crater was in the Gulf of Mexico. And that's what killed the dinosaurs.
0: Thanks, Scott. After that interview, Scott offered to take our producer, Farrell Gibbs, to see the iridium at the Brazos River. So Farrell, what did you see?
2: I saw graffiti and beer bottles. That was the first thing I saw. Well, welcome to Texas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where we put in. It's a long country road, 15 miles from the nearest gas station. You would never know you were crossing over something so important. And you go down underneath this bridge, and it is full of, well, really the inartistic type of graffiti <laughs> and beer bottles and... Uh, that's where we pulled the kayaks off the cars, and it was ominous. It was a little eerie, actually, when the occasional truck overhead would roll by. I've, I've come all this way in my career just to go under a bridge again, <laughs> like it used to be in high school. Scott was with you, right? Yes. Scott was there, and he sort of put together a little expedition. A Rice professor, his sister-in-law's daughter came, and yeah we kayaked three bends of the muddy Brazos River. And after some rowing and after going over what were rapids for a guy like me, <laughs> we stood on the same bank as Thor Hansen did. So right there at the bend that you can see from the road, it is exactly as he's describing. You can see this rock made of sandstone that is cream colored. And then right below that, a completely different looking bunch of rock that's much more dark. And so it's this drastic side-by-side side comparison of two different types of rocks. It's
1: like a very sudden transition from this mudstone, this just gray, kind of pebbly mudstone that represents the it. deposits from the uh, Cretaceous period. And then all of a sudden, laid on top of that is the sandstone. So when the asteroid impact hit the, the Yucatan, it hit in a shallow sea, and it generated a tsunami that was about 100 feet high, we think also see that there's kind of ripples in the sandstone and basically you can think of that as having been enormous sand dunes like what you would see if you were just you know swimming in the ocean near Galveston or snorkeling or something like that you'd see sand dunes but imagine big sand dunes that eventually hardened and then now as the Brazos River is flowing over them they have eroded away and so it's just like you're looking at a cross section through those dunes
2: And so we got back in our kayaks and we paddled on down the river until the road was no longer in view. We went down some more rapids and crossed some pebble deserts. So there you can hear me struggling in my kayak, trying to keep up with the group and with Scott. (laughs) I have the wrong shoes on. I have mud up to my knees by this point. And we're headed to this important rock. And you'd miss it if you didn't know what you were looking for. It's on the bank, a nondescript portion of the river. The rock is maybe five feet long, about three feet wide. And the portion that contains the iridium is maybe like half an inch thick. So everybody banks their kayaks and he gathers us all around this rock.
1: And then there's this soft stuff here.
2: And the asteroid hit it, you know, sent all this
1: pulverized stuff up into the atmosphere. And that stuff then settled down.
2: They were all so excited to see this iridium. And they were just giddy about it. (laughs) And it was cool. And I took some pictures of it and I'll send them to you and you can put it up for people to see what the iridium in this rock looks like.
0: Cool. I will put that in the newsletter. All right. Let's fast forward to the present. What is going on in Houston
2: right now, Farrell? The William P. Hobby Airport has been given five stars by the Skytrax World Airport Star Rating. Is that a big deal? Apparently, it's a very big deal. There are only 16 airports in the world to get so many stars. So it seems to be an impressive feat.
0: So what does it mean? Why do they get a star? I've flown out of Hobby. It's not a Michelin restaurant. I mean, come on. What, is, what are we talking about?
2: For this, Skytrax said that Hobby had a, quote, wide range of substantial guest experience upgrades that got them this grade, a new children's play area, fantastic restrooms, and even a stage for live music. It also beat George Bush by a star as well.
0: Yeah, and hobby is usually faster. It's, it's also closer to my house. I'm sure that's why they gave it more stars. <laughs> that's it for our show today. We are a baby podcast, y'all. We are still looking for listeners. So please, please, if you like this podcast and want us to keep doing it, tell two people to listen. Tell your parents, and if they don't know what a podcast is, sit them down and show them how to use their phone apps. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Too many stupid words. All right. (laughs)